This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions. www.cosproductions.com Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. And uh, I'm sorry, that was kind of a gradually sad intro um, because I had the volume way down. So there you are. Um, it, it is close to getting to to Labor Day, and one thing I love about Labor Day is a lot of people have already started school, so it's almost like this little pause um, before the school year really gets just bananas, Um, and football season, and hockey's coming up, and basketball, and all sorts of stuff, and the uh, playoffs are happening for baseball, and of course, anybody who doesn't like any of that, there's plenty of things to do uh, versus uh, Comic-Cons or hanging out with peeps or reading, which, of course, you know, I'm a huge advocate of. And before I say something about our author today, I just want to let everybody know, pull up a banned book list and pick a book off that list and read it because um, there's a reason they're banned, and it's usually because the people who are banning them aren't interested in learning anything new or something in those books um, they just want to talk about. So, Open your brain a little bit, read a banned book, and start talking to someone who's also read the book and see what you learn. Um, anyway, there's my PSA for today. Um, but we're going to get back to something super fun. And if you need a very good laugh, especially um, this weekend or Labor Day weekend or whatever, I have a book by Tracy Goodwin you need to read. So Tracy has been on the show before. She is a USA bestselling author of Uplifting Women's Fiction captivating contemporary romances and romantic comedy. She also does some really, really sexy, fun um, sports romances with hockey players, by the way. Um, in addition, she pins sweeping historical romances and, and vivid urban fantasies. Though genders might be different, each story delivers a unique blend of passion, poignant emotion, humor, and unforgettable characters that steal the reader's hearts. A New Yorker who now calls Houston home, Tracy is the mom of two, a wife, and the wrangler of two cats and a puppy who tries hard to walk to the felines with talk to the felines with little success. There's always tomorrow. She's a, a Marvel super fan and loves singing carpool karaoke even when alone. See, this is why she and I are peeps. So just all those <laughs> all of that, except the New Yorker thing. I was born in Texas. Okay, to receive the latest copy and news and information about upcoming releases, please sign up for Tracy's newsletter or join her Facebook group. Where you can chat with her. There's also her Amazon page, her book bug page, all her social media for Twitter and Instagram. All of those are links in the write-up of the show. But her latest book is a rom-com that includes a handsome, half-dressed Easter bunny, a vicious HOA, and an unruly garden gnome. And the title is Neighbors with Neighbors Like This, and it is out now. So welcome to the show, Tracy. How are you, my dear? Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor, <laughs> and uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, it, it, it's it's. Um, I laugh because I always do these these intros, and I mean every word of it. But it's fun because it's like we've talked like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. It almost sounds like you know I, I haven't talked to you in forever, but I actually talked to you yesterday. I know. So, yeah. I know. <laughs> and boy, that intro like it took up so much time. I think we're out of time now. <laughs> yes, yes. And there you just, are. Just kidding. Um, so. One of the things that I always love about when you're bringing a new um, story out is there's you've got these different worlds that you've you've got and, you know contemporary you've got women's fiction you've got urban fantasy yes. you've got historicals you've got sports um, now you know single parents now um, or in addition to so 
how do you put your brain in that world? Because each world is its own thing. So how do you compartmentalize those worlds? Uh, You know, I think it's all just part of being an author. Uh, With this one, it was Mm -hmm. easy for me to compartmentalize because I got this idea um, after, you know, my husband is actually our HOA president. He does not dress (laughs) up like the Easter Bunny, but he is our (laughs) HOA president, as has been for many years. So I've seen a lot. And uh, we do host the Easter Bunny, and he hosts the Easter egg hunt and everything. And then um, one day, you know, driving my kids back and forth to school and and carpooling them and in the carpool lane. And I picked up uh, my kids and they were just saying the funniest things. And I started thinking, this is a story right here. What they're saying is is a story, you know, and of course the names have been changed to protect the innocent, but um, yeah. So, so then this idea dawned on me from school to home about, you know, we could start with the Easter Bunny and the hero being the Easter Bunny and the mom and her kids, um, you know, recently divorced, moving to a new subdivision, going into the pool house where they're hosting the pictures with the Easter Bunny and going into the wrong room thinking it's the uh, men's room for her son and suddenly they see this Mm -hmm. half, you know, clad Easter Bunny that's pop off and, you know, her son screaming, the Easter Bunny's not real. And that was a great neat cute to start with and her, you know, telling sure. him, of course he's real. This is his helper. So it was just one of those things. And then for her to then learn about the letter from the HOA, having her remove a gnome that her kids made for her, and that was their one request when they were moving, that they have the gnome in front of their house. Um mm-hmm. And then to decide to fight the management company, which, of course, leads to her fighting uh, the HOA president, uh, who is a really nice guy. And, um, yeah. you know, it's her journey coming to terms with letting someone else into their lives who is the just the opposite of her ex-husband. And, um, okay. and also, you know, the battles we face and – as parents, we want to protect our kids as much as possible. There are a lot of Avengers references, a lot of mm-hmm. jokes. It's just a very fun book. And um, my editor actually decided that she wanted to uh, me to rewrite it into women's fiction slash, you know, rom-com. And so I'm very grateful for the challenge because I love how it turned out. But it's definitely, you know, Amelia's story with her kids, and it allowed me to dive very deep into that, you know, and the yeah. friendships, because there were always the friendship. That was what this book um, initially was about. It's still about. It's about her really good friends that support her through everything, you know, the ups, the downs. They've been there for each other, and it's found family. You know, uh, it's the friends that are found family. It's the pets that you come across that are strays mm-hmm. that end up uh, being part of your family as well. And then um, we have some amphibians in there too. So it's just, it, it's a really <laughs> fun story to write about. And uh, it's a story of my heart because so much of it actually took place with my kids and uh, yeah. with our family. So it's definitely, you know, a story that, I hold very dear. Well, and I love all that. I, the, the one thing that I think that is really important to note is 
you know, she's a single mom. She's she's starting over. She's set boundaries for herself because what was work, what was she was in before wasn't working and on many yeah. levels. Um, and now she's moved from one battle to another one. And I think yeah. that a lot of women don't are never taught how to set their boundaries, like yeah. um, whether it's with friends or neighbors or spouses or significant others or work or anybody. And, and it's this journey of her learning how to fight those different battles, those different ways. And that's it's, right. It's something, yeah, it's something that a lot of women just don't learn um, and they're not taught. Uh, so it's a, it's a frustrating process to learn it, but once you've learned it, you know, you feel all that much more, uh, I guess, empowered would be the word. That's right. So it's fun to That's see that empowering right. journey for her, you know? Yes, it, it definitely is. And you see her getting stronger throughout and deciding, you know, what's super important. And she always put her kids first. But, you know, right. with certain circumstances, she really starts voicing herself, and um, and it's really fun to see. She was always, you know, very spitfiery from the beginning and, you know, trying to put that positive front on for everyone, even though inside she was, uh, you know, she was questioning herself and she was able to voice that with her friends. But it was really fun to be able to explore that where she – starts asserting herself with others, you know, yeah. like yeah. with uh, Carla from the management company or the principal of her child's school, you know, so that was a lot of yeah. fun to be able to go through that journey with her. It's, it's interesting. I had a friend years ago who I, I was having to go in and talk to the principal about something that happened with my kids. And she was telling me, she's like, okay. So, and I was really frustrated with the situation um and she said okay so before you go in and it was like, <laughs> like she was coaching me um she's like, yes. okay, don't cry like don't cry at all stay like super even and they won't know what to do and I just said okay yeah. and and I thought well that seems strange advice but that's what I did and it really did make a difference which kind of frustrates me because it's like when you go in and advocate for your children it is emotional so, oh yes, you know, why would that be conceived as weakness or, oh, you know, they're just being emotional? Um, it doesn't make the words any less powerful or, or important. So, yeah, that's right. I, I, it's, um, yeah, I, I really love seeing this and seeing how she, she finds her footing again um, and yes. finds how to, how to challenge it. So um, it, it's cool. It's a cool story to watch, go through, and all the crazy stuff that happens. Um, yeah. so we have a, we have a gnome, I'll send you, I'll post a picture, but it's, it, we, my husband got it years ago because this is very, very warped, but, um, years ago, my dad and his brother decided that they were going to invent this Christmas elf that was, um, he apparently watched over us all year and reported to Santa, right? So when That's we were right. kids, yeah. Nectar Freely was his name. Who knows where this name came from? I'm sure it was over several several beers, um, but <laughs> it's, uh, so he would call randomly when we were not acting right, like we were being really awful, um, yeah. and for a long time, I was pretty sure it was my uncle, but I mean, you don't want to blow it, right? I mean, 
Right. You know, if it's not, you're <laughs> really screwed yourself over for Santa. So um, told her significant others or spouses about nectar freely. Well, my husband decided to buy this lawn gnome and put it in the vent. So when the kids would walk by at just the right angle, you could see him in there. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so when Nectar Freely was retired, uh, the kids wanted to paint him. So now he's in the yard dressed in all his prideness. Um, so uh, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's, just, so funny. it's fun. I know. It's, it's warped and weird and fun. So, yeah, the gnomes are they're their own thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely funny. Uh, we did not have a gnome until this book. And then um, my husband bought one for our backyard. And it has flowers and LED lights. So it's solar and it lights up at night. And it's, it's super oh, okay. cute. So, um, so that's one of our garden, um, you know, objects. Um, you know, and then along the fence we have, you know, sunflowers and other flowers and uh and bumblebees here and ladybugs there and you know, it it's it's sure. really cute and the kids love it. But uh but now they see a gnome and they're like, Mom, it's a gnome especially since I've been giving them out as free <laughs> gifts with purchase for every signing. So um yeah. gnomes are really popular, definitely. Um I remember it's when we funny. first yeah. Yes. Ahead, and I remember yeah. when we first built our house, um, it, it was when the subdivision had just started building, really. Um, I think we built a year into it. So there were like, we were maybe the fifth house on our block. And I think there was, if I remember correctly, a retired CIA agent, a retired uh, Secret Service agent, a police captain, and a constable all on our block. So we were the fifth. And it was pretty wow. funny, you know, so we're all kind of spread out on, on this um, cul-de-sac. And the um, constable put gnomes in his yard, and instead of mulch, he had white rocks. And, you know, okay. it looked cute. There were just a couple of gnomes. It looked really cute. And at that point, the HOA was developer-operated, and there was a different management company. This was like three management companies ago. And uh, my husband was not on the board yet. And I remember the constable getting letters. So he decided to add gnomes instead of take them away. So <laughs> it ended up where he had to have like 10 or 15 gnomes on his front yard. He just kept adding. Mm -hmm. Every letter he got, he just kept adding. And it was the funniest thing. And after, you know, I wrote this book thinking it was either going to be a flamingo or, or a gnome. And I'm like, oh, they, they, they'd color a gnome, you know. And uh, one yeah. of the jokes yeah. is that he has kind of a happy vibe to him. So, you know, from Snow White. So um, so I thought of that afterwards going, oh, yeah, I remember that because my husband was having that Fourteen. conversation with me and I remembered it. That was pretty funny. So, you know, yeah. every HOA, if, if someone's not in an HOA, that's wonderful. <laughs> but, um, you well, know, you yeah, have I to go by the I bylaws. I think there's pluses and minuses. Yeah, I think there's pluses Definitely. and minuses because – yeah, my parents lived outside of New Braunfels, and um, there wasn't an HOA. They let it expire, and it's in you know very big lots and and you know all that. But people were just doing all sorts of stuff, you know, like they just leave yeah. their junky cars in the front. They wouldn't take care of stuff, and there was no, yeah. you know, there was nothing you could do. Um, and it's not that everyone has to have the same, you know, set of flowers in the front, but I mean there is a balance right. somewhere, you know. 
Um, yeah. I and see, with ours, the, there the is. I, yes. I'm laughing about your gnome story because the constable, because there was a uh, a nursery in Austin. It was near Westover Hills up BK's Road. And it was in, if you know that area at all, at the time, it was, it, now it's like super, like, hoity-toity. But at the time, it was a lot of wealth in that area, more, I mean, as much or more than it is now. Um, and it kind of was the entry into this area. And this, they yeah. put out, like, four plastic paint flamingos one year um just you know some decoration in front so people knew where they were that's right well this woman called this woman called and she complained about the plastic flamingos and said they were trashy and you know not in our neighborhood type mentality so she drove by the next time and there was and then she called again and the next time there's like 50 so every year now i mean they've sold it i mean it's been 20 years ago this happened but they would actually just it was like um like they were returning from, uh, you know, the going south for the winter or north or whatever. And there would be guys out there with piss helmets and sitting in chairs with binoculars waiting for the plastic flamingos to arrive every year. And they would have like 500 out there um, at a time. And they would slowly stay. They would stay. And then, you know, after a while, they would start moving wherever they migrate, wherever. Um, But she took them to, she took them to court. Um, and the judge was like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Yeah. And he, he threw it out and told her she had to pay everything. So, um, <laughs> but it, it's like, you have nothing else to do. <laughs> Complain about that. <laughs> I know. I know there, there are other, there are other things, but you know what, it's part of the bylaws and until they, um, until they, you know, revise the bylaws. So, sure. um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I believe at some point our our um, subdivision will be revising the bylaws, but we still have houses being yeah. built. So it's been a long process. <laughs> sure. So with two recessions thrown in. All that, yeah, being involved with all that, what has been the most outrageous complaint to the HOA about what's happening in the neighborhood? Like not, I mean, like there's legit stuff. But I mean, like outrageously, oh, there, really. Honestly, there are so many. You know, I mean, <laughs> where where we live, our bylaws state no fireworks, but yet the county right. we live in allows fireworks. So you know, there have been fights between neighbors where some sure. neighbors have shot off fireworks in the direction of cars from the neighbor who's complaining and trying to call the police on them and yelling, no fireworks. And um, yes, we've had that. We, we've had quite a few over the years. Um, sure. It's just, you know, it's hard to please everyone. And unfortunately, sure. the, you know, the closing documents, you have to sign off on those bylaws and state that you're going to follow them. You know, I remember getting a letter years ago about um, weeds and it was a very rainy (laughs) summer unlike this one so far Um, very rainy and I'd say we were here two or three years at the time so um, our trees you know we we did a lot of landscaping and everything was still growing but um, one of the sides of our house had this dip um, where uh-huh. you couldn't mow it because it was all water. I mean, it was sure. flooding in Houston and, and everything else. So we got a letter about three daffodils that grew up 
in that one area that we couldn't get the lawnmower through. So um, they called them weeds and we had to get rid of them immediately. So I had to go out with scissors and literally cut them um, right before the backyard fence. I know. So, um, you know, so yeah, it's like, well, it's, been raining for weeks, but okay. <laughs> so, uh, sure. Okay. I'll walk in the mud and I'll, I'll get those flowers and I'll, you know, get them with scissors. Okay, great. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty funny sometimes. And it was yeah, funny I to mean, write about, you know? Sure. Sure. I, I sometimes think that the world is, can be so overbearing and overwhelming sometimes that the tiny little non-significant things tend, people tend to obsess over because it seems like those can be resolved. Like I'm going to obsess yes. over the fact that, you know, my neighbor stays up until 10.05 and they're, you know, outside playing their music um, instead of just, it, it just is a distraction technique, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's there's plenty of Gladys Kravitz in the world that go around and look for things to be upset over. But um, it's it's just it's amazing to me what people will be upset over and what they won't even bother to look up. Like, which is why I write. Ask. Yeah, which yeah. is why I write rom-com and add a lot of comedy to my books because that's yeah. what it's about for me. Yes, there is emotion. There's a lot of emotion. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you know, but uh, it's important for me to have that humor because uh, yeah. in our world we have to laugh. We definitely have oh, to laugh. For sure. Oh, for sure. So you're originally from New York. What part of New York are you? Well, I was born in Brooklyn and raised on the eastern end of Long Island, so it's considered the okay. Hamptons. And okay. um, and my I was uh, I went to West Hampton High School and everything, and my husband went to Southampton. He was in Southampton, so we okay. met after college for summer jobs, and uh, that's where we met, and we got engaged we got married in new york and we actually moved here in 2002 so okay so it's been a while and uh, yeah yes yes it was um we uh we moved a year after 9-11 and my husband worked in manhattan at the time and he actually saw the second tower um go down and um wow and that really um we were planning on moving but um, it ended up quickening our timeline. You know, there was, sure. there were a lot of feelings there and, and I had the new people who had perished and, um, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was very difficult afterwards, you know, um, some of us couldn't volunteer, but we were, we were scheduling trucks to go into Manhattan with, uh, with things for the, the people that were working to save others and then when that wasn't a possibility to recover items and you right. know we were sending dog food and, and other things for the um the canines that were working mm-hmm. at the 911 mm-hmm. site so um yeah so that really it really um prioritized things for us and um sure. you know my husband worked uh in construction and a lot of it was school construction. And at that point, you know, it was the metal detectors everywhere. And we just knew that we didn't want to raise our children in that, um, 
in that danger. And, um, you know, yeah. unfortunately now life has shown us that, that no place is really safe. But at the yeah. time we moved to Texas and that's our, where we have had our kids and, you know, brought our brought our cats down here and now we have a dog <laughs> and two cats and he she tries so hard to talk to the to the boys as I call them our cats and they yeah. look at her like she is just insane like what language is this thing speaking and we had yeah. thought that we were adopting a very small dog from the shelter and it ended up being a 33 pound tall as can be dog you know oh, wow. um so so she is just she's much taller than the cats we thought she was going to be their size when grown okay. so they wouldn't be so afraid of her but they just one of them is coming around the other is just all hissing and you know we've had her for over a year now and he still hisses and growls at her and she thinks it's fun she thinks they're playing so she'll chase him you know? good funny. girl good girl you go for it just that attitude that's right don't let him do that um that's it you, how often have you been back in New York since then, since you've moved uh, here? Once or twice, once or twice. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have any family in New York anymore, so uh, we haven't been back very often. But, uh, yeah. but there are certain things we miss, you know, certain foods we miss. It was really sure. nice to be so close to Manhattan and be able to go to, like, the Metropolitan Museum of Art and that sort of thing. So there are definitely things we miss, uh, including delis. And, yeah. um, you know, there are some things that uh, that we're able to have here, thanks to the New Yorkers that also moved, you know, that own the pizza right. place. And, you know, we have New Yorkers owning a bagel place. So there are things that uh, we don't miss as much, which is wonderful. But, you know, we've been here 20-something years at this point. So it's um, it's home. I, New York will always be home, but this is home, too. Texas is home for us. So. Right. We're fortunate in that yeah. we have two homes, and um, both yeah. of our children were born here, and, uh, you know, they're happy to be Texans, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we went up there in June, uh, um, I had this, everything planned, and, and I I purposely planned, like, one day doing this, you know, instead of, like, okay, in the morning we're doing this, in the afternoon, um, because I was looking at my app, and I was saying, oh, it's only a seven-minute walk right, from here to here. Like, okay, great. Uh, so we left our hotel. Uh, we were walking to, we were down by Bryant Park, and my app said 20-minute walk to the uh, Natural History Museum. And I was like, oh, piece of cake. And so uh, we're walking, and we're walking, and we're walking, and now we've been 20 minutes, and I'm like, I don't understand. We're not even in Central Park yet. What's going on? And I look at my <laughs> app, and I had, I had left it on drive, Yep. Um, instead of walking, and so it was an hour to walk. Um, yes. So, yes, that was a very long day. I got all my steps in, um, and it was amazing, and we took the, the subway back, uh, but it was – I can see why uh, people do want to live there because of everything being really close, and you can walk everywhere. Um, yes. I can also see why people don't want to live there because everything's very close. <laughs> and, um, you probably don't feel like you have as much freedom if you can't just get up and drive. So uh, I, I see both, you know, I, I yep. see it being a really great city for someone who's um, has either a 
super little kids or no kids yet or um, has the income to you know, send them to the school she wants, wherever that is, uh, because there's so much there. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we, we saw a ton, and I know we just barely scratched the surface of seeing stuff. So it's, it's definitely a multiple-visit type city. Definitely. And you can spend days in, uh, in like, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. You really can. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. From the impressionist paintings, out, yeah. which I love too, like the Greek, oh, yeah. um, you know, um, exhibit where it's like a mini Parthenon, and you know, it's it's right. beautiful. And then you have all the Egyptians. I just I love it there. I understand that there is a rooftop cafe or whatever you want to call it, but it's it's you can go up to the top of the Met and um, you can see all of Central Park there. Like stand up there and the whole view. It's right there of it. Uh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Walking. Central Park is beautiful. Yeah. So, and we didn't get to it, which is bumming me out. Um, and then we, uh, I was able to say, uh, would we watch Ocean's 8 the next time? I'm like, oh, remember the Met? I pointed it out. Yeah, that's where this is. And that, that's where it's you know, supposed to be. Um, right. And so it was just a lot of stuff. And, and now we can say, and we've been there. And we've been there. And we saw that. And, and it's one of those things that travel does for kids is it like, oh, yeah, we did, you know, and, and I saw this when I was there. So that That's wider right. lens that it brings. Yeah, yeah. And so, but you set your ice hockey um, uh, yes. in New York. Uh, when did you set it in New York versus, say, Houston or Dallas or somewhere in Texas? Well, it, you know, New York is home. So you write what you know. And, for -hmm. instance, uh, With Neighbors Like This was written in a northern suburb of Houston. So, you know, you write what you know. But for me, it was was a really neat way of incorporating their set on Long Island, which I consider Nassau County. So, um, So they are able to commute into Manhattan. So for me, it was a chance to have the characters also commute into the city, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, Manhattan can be very romantic. Um, so it gave me a lot of possibilities there. And it sure. was nice to write about um, to write about New York. You know, I had done uh, five books at that point in um, Regency England. Then I did mm-hmm. one paranormal cursed, which ended up uh, going into New York, into Brooklyn. So I'm like, you know, it would be nice if I set these as New York Nighthawks. And it took me a while to think of the name, but I mean, I was able to come up with a great logo with the help of my designer. And and it turned out to be a three-book series with Love Swept, which I am forever mm-hmm. grateful for. The third will be coming out this year. And... Uh, they're available in ebook and also an audio book. And uh, the narrator, Tor Tom, is wonderful. Um, and, you know, it was just fun to write. And uh, unfortunately, Love Swept did, did pause. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, some consider it shuttered. Others consider it on pause. Uh, it would be lovely to see it back again. But um, so I'm going to be the last book um, printed or ebook printed through Love Swept for Penguin Random House. So it's very bittersweet. Wow. I loved that series. And, um, you know, unfortunately, right before the first one came out is when I got the news that Love Swept 
was uh, shuddering, if not pausing. So wow. my second book was still released. I was still under contract. And then afterwards, I was contracted for the third book. So it's just been a lovely ride with them. I really enjoyed working with yeah. Gina Wachtel, who, uh, who is the publisher. And she, she's just been wonderful to work with. I, I was very blessed. And, uh, and consider myself to this day just blessed to work with her on, uh, on these books. And I've learned so much from her and admire her a great deal. So that's been wonderful. And, yeah, New York just seemed like the place for it. You know, um, you've got these mm-hmm. larger-than-life sports stars, hockey guys, and you've, uh, you've got the city that never sleeps. And, uh and the funny thing is that most of them would really rather not be in the city that never sleeps. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're relatable right. guys who, you know, the first one has a has a shelter dog. Um, you know, the second one is is looking for love after his best friend found it. And the third is uh considered Thor on the ice. That is his okay. uh that is his alter ego and you know, he's the guy with the biggest stick and biggest robot yeah. bravado and you find out exactly why that you know, he was bullied as a yeah. child, so he bulked up and he ended up being this hockey god, quote unquote, you know? And it's about them finding love in the most unlikely of places. So it was a very wow. fun series to write. And um and this is quite different and then going from the, that world to this world and back again to that world, uh, for copy edits yeah. right now. It's been an adventure for me too. So <laughs> Yeah, because you've got to put your brain in different. It's like, okay, wait a minute, let me see. I'm in. It's, the, it's literally like being in different countries. It's like, okay, wait, now yeah. I'm in Germany. But yesterday I was in France. Next last week I was That's in right. Nigeria. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's going on? Um, so, but you've got that. You mentioned your paranormal curse. You also have a coloring book that goes along with that. Yes, I so that did. Yes. That and that is, got, and it's also available through Amazon and. Uh, and other retailers. But yes, that was supposed to be a three book series when I was offered um, Nighthawks with Penguin Random House. Mm -hmm. So I I do want to go back to that because I still have two books in that series that I would love to write. Oh, wonderful. It's not like you don't have anything else going on, Tracy. (laughs) Right, exactly. But, um, but hey, you know, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it fills the day. Girl can dream. So um, yeah, but did you also have part of this kiss app? With yes. um, you know, read and write romance. What is this about? Well, um, it's basically a an app that someone can use on their phone and read uh, chapters of books. Whole book is on there, okay. and you use coins. Um, you know, you basically purchase coins, and you're able to read chapter per chapter per chapter. So it's kind of like a chapters app. It's similar to something else that just came out with Amazon. So it's mm-hmm. an app that allows you to read the books um, okay. if you choose to go that route. And then um, you flip around from book to book. So, yeah, it's, it's something interesting that I never thought I'd be a part of. Um, when I first started out in 2007, it wasn't even a thing at that point. So right. it's very cool. It's very cool to see my books on there. Wow. And it's, these are original books that you, I mean, you just, are these books that you yes. have uh, released before? These are these are books that I have 
published. So um, they're okay. still on the market. Uh, they're my five historicals, and right. it's uh, one paranormal. So it's not the Nighthawk series, and it's not with neighbors like this, but, um, mm-hmm. but the rest of my backlist. Nice. So now you've got this out. The Nighthawk series is coming out when? Or I uh, right now it's, it's Ice Storm is coming out um, November 22nd. So okay. um, uh, it could change. Right uh, that's right. It could change depending on Audible and when it will be released um, with the narration. But as of right now, okay. it's November 22nd. So you might get the ebook first and then uh, get Audible later, which would be fine as well. So um, I will keep you sure. posted on that. But uh, okay. but yes. So the story of Thor, and, and that was fun to write. It was it was fun and it was bittersweet because I knew it would be the last one uh, with them. Although you know I do have that luxury of self publishing if I wish to continue the series. So I of have course. a lot of fans who, uh, some of whom I met at Book Lovers Con last weekend, and uh, they were in love with the series. So. Um, that kind of gives me pause to go, hmm, maybe I should self-publish the next one in this because I yeah, already have the character in mind. So we'll see. <laughs> well, and if you, too, want to stay in the know about what Tracy's doing, you can sign up for her mailing list, and she will send you her newsletter, and you can find out all that stuff, too. So I have the link for that Absolutely. in the right of the show. So you can do that. Um, oh, I had a question for you, and, of course, it's completely split my brain. Um, oh, What's coming up after this? So what's coming up well, after this? Yeah. Well, we do have Ice Storm, and then um, with Sourcebooks, um, there are things in the works. Can't quite say anything yet. Okay. Uh, there are also oh. some other things in the works as well. So um, there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I just can't say anything about it yet. Okay. Fair enough. So stay tuned and – if you don't want to sign up for another newsletter, um, you could always follow me on BookBub as well, and that will announce any pre-orders. Yes. So, oh, that's right. I always that's give right. people that option because sometimes people have just had it with newsletters, and there is another option. It's called BookBub, and just sign up and follow me there, and they will keep wow. you in the know as well. So you can do that instead of a newsletter if you wanted to. Correct. Correct. Or you could do both. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to read different different people with different ones. Yeah, absolutely. Divide and conquer. Absolutely. Yeah. Sign up for a newsletter, That's and exciting. you might get a gnome. Who knows? <laughs> Just so you know, everybody, I am very spoiled. I actually have a gnome sitting on my desk right now. It's cute and and pink, and I love her. So they are adorable. Um, I know they come in green and light blue, and you know it's a light green, light blue, and pink, and they are so cute. Yes. They've been huge. So fun. I love it. <laughs> you know, what's, I, it's funny because I remember when I was, oh, gosh, I think it was about fifth or sixth grade, and gnomes were like this huge deal. But my, my grandmother loved them. Um, and I was kind of like, really? I mean, but they came out with books and, um, you know, kitchen-themed stuff with gnomes. But That's she right. lived in Europe for like 10 years. Uh, and they had oh, just yeah. come back. And gnomes were like everywhere in Europe. Um, so she was just thrilled that they were having gnomes here and she just loved them. Like there was just all sorts of stuff. No, like it, it was crazy. Of course, now you have gnomes wearing songs and, and 
um, all sorts of sports teams, but um, right. I don't know if that's what my grandmother My Mine did. don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, my, my little gnome does look like she grows a pretty, pretty cool beard here. She's got like a really fluffy fluffy white beard so um so this she's very cute i have to name her maybe i'll ask someone what what she name her we'll, we'll ask online there you go time. do a poll <laughs> yeah yes i love it's it delightful <laughs> so what have you what have you not written yet that you want to without telling us that it might be in the works oh uh, question um it is in a way because, you know, I find that with me, what I write, I need to be very um, excited about and very passionate about. And sure. for me, it needs to be relatable. My heroes need to be relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, my heroines need to be relatable. And, um, and there has to be that aspect of fantasy about it as well. So, um, you know, to me, it's all about what drives me at the time and what I feel passionate about at the time, you know, the stories that pull me in. So, um, so yeah, that's a very difficult question. Um, you know, okay. I do have some books in the works that are fantasy related and mm-hmm. that I have not put together yet, uh, that, I, that I've okay. written chapters for, I've written proposals for, but I haven't gone for that yet. And who knows, maybe someday I will, because um, right. they are very steamy, and they are definitely, um, definitely something I'm proud of. So we will see and go from there. But, uh, but maybe, but for right now, the contemporaries are definitely calling to me. And also what's calling to me are historicals, which I've always yeah. had a love for historicals. So we shall see. <laughs> yeah. But so um, I find that fan, I don't stop myself. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. With you being a Marvel fan, have you watched She-Hulk yet? Yes. I watched the first episode uh, this week, actually. Yes. It's getting really good reviews. I mean, people are excited. Of course, there's always people who are like, this is stupid, but I mean, you know, whatever. Um, then don't stay in our world. But um, it, I, I really, it was funny because it was like, I think a year and a half ago when they announced it, there was this whole big complaining on social media. They're like, oh, what are they going to come up with now? It's like, um, this character's been around since 1979 and was created by yeah. Stan Lee. So that's and right. the comment was, tell me you don't read Marvel comics without telling me you don't read Marvel comics. <laughs> so, well, it's like, it, it, you're not important. <laughs> it was very cute. I have to say the first episode was cute. And um, my favorite, um, if you could see behind me, I've got all Scarlet Witch stuff from WandaVision mm-hmm. and from all of mm-hmm. her movies. And I also have Loki. So, um, you know, yeah. Loki and Thor, those are some of my favorites. Um, I loved WandaVision, loved Loki, can't yeah. wait for series oh, two. I loved Hawkeye as well. It was just, yeah. you know, I don't even talk to me about Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange. I just, yeah, I love Wanda and um, I, I felt like her, her motivation in WandaVision, which has since changed the last, you know, end credit scene has changed. 
um, sure. we've taken away a little bit. So that, without mm-hmm. giving away spoilers, really upset me. But um, yeah. but hopefully yeah. we will see Wanda again. Um, it's getting to be a vast, vast universe. And um, yeah. when you see the next, you know, okay, this is the end of level whatever it is four then five then you know now we're going to go into six and it's like okay this is going to be a long wait um yeah after Loki, and I, I was really hoping to see more kang and i guess we will get kang and ant-man but i was hoping it's it's you, definitely did you, separating. That went, did you hear the rumor that went out last yesterday i think that henry cavill is going to be in I one of the heard. Kings? I am hoping Henry Cavill joins that universe because it doesn't look like he's going to play Superman anytime soon. And I would love Henry Cavill to have, and not just a one and done. I would love for him to be in them because it, it appears like they're going to go off in a few different directions. Like there's going to be a multiverse direction. There's going to be a Kang direction, even though he is multiverse and probably they'll all converge. But, uh, Sure. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I, I can see why Scarlet Witch, the Scarlet Witch's role um, came about as it did at the end of Doctor Strange, because she would be right. the most powerful being to take on Kang at that point. Right. But I'd right. love to see her show up on Loki or something and uh, with no she memory. Might. <laughs> she might. That would well, be awesome. You know, and there's all we'll that. That, that's that rumor of, you know, would she remember Peter Parker because, you know, because Strange said at the end of, and I'm sorry, this is a, you know, spoiler, um, at the end of No Way Home was, you know, all people on Earth who remember, won't remember Peter Parker. Well, she wasn't here. Like, she was, you know, she's a nexus being, so she's not quite here, that's but right. she's not quite there. Um so we'll see how that plays because my understanding is there's two more Spider-Man movies coming. Um, yeah. And so we'll see Which how that goes. Which is exciting. That's yes. very exciting. And uh, played it so well. He did. And the last Spider-Man movie was incredible with all three of them. And uh, for yes. those of us who are old enough to remember seeing uh, Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man in the theaters, it was like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then they're talking about possibly an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man for Sony. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, right, I don't know. There, yeah. there, there's an abundance of opportunity there. I just hope they stick yeah. with the continuity, you know. And the multiverse yeah. does add layers. But um, that was the one thing that bothered me about Multiverse of Madness. They didn't stick with the continuity because for Wanda in WandaVision, it was all about her children being safe. And I think we kind of lost that in Multiverse of Madness. It was just she wanted her children at any cost. But in WandaVision, it was that they were safe. They were calling to help me, you know? So sorry about the spoiler there. But since we spoiled it, that's my one qualm with Multiverse of Madness. But Elizabeth Olsen is a fantastic actress, and no one else can play Scarlet Witch the way she can with such vulnerability you know, and everything else. She is just amazing. She's quite breathtaking, you know, to watch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, WandaVision, it was very interesting because I don't know if anybody really understood what to expect from it. Um, yeah, it was totally we, new. And then we get to it. It was fun to watch in the sense of, 
growing up seeing a lot of those TV shows that they were pulling from. And I'm like, oh, and there's a nod to this and there's a nod to that. And and I wrote a big article about um, all the shows that they um, they they pulled from. And, you know, I love the Bewitched nod because that was like my favorite show growing up. And Elizabeth Montgomery was just like a complete badass in real life, too. So to see that. And then to see it play out, but how, and, and that last episode where it shows her so consumed by grief, it's like, man, that was just powerful, powerful stuff. It was. And, and even the and second to, to last episode, yes, and even the second to last episode where they went with what happened after the snap and after she came back and when she found out that Vision, yeah. where Vision was. And what had yeah. happened to him. It was just, just devastating. And how the whole WandaVision yeah. came about. And, you know, it wasn't intentional. It was her grief taking over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. um, you know, it was just that whole show was wonderful. But so was Loki. I mean, Tom Hiddleston, come on. Yeah. He's incredible. And that first episode Truly. of him watching everything that transpired between when he ends up in Loki, you know, uh, at the TVA, which is the mm-hmm. first Avengers movie. And the mm-hmm. time that, you know, of Endgame, he was able to watch everything that happened to him and to his family. And it was just heartbreaking watching that one scene with his reactions. Yeah. So, I, I think we'll one of the see. things that Marvel has done so beautifully, and I, I've had discussions with this, and it's funny because, uh, the people I tend to have discussions with, they're like, no, DC, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they're more like realistic. I'm like, yes, because there's a lot of billionaires driving around in bat costume. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> Marvel has done such a stellar job with consistency that yes. they have just smoked DC in a lot of ways. Because we know every single time someone says Loki, we know exactly what after it's going to be. We already know yes. that. And so if they say Thor, we know who's going to be. We know who Heimdall's going to be. We know who um, Scarlet Witch is going to be. We know who even, like, Agent Coulson is going to be. They're all going to be right. the same thing. You know, Maria Hill. We all know it's the same yeah. actors. And With the exception of Multiverse how, of Madness, because right, they did right. have the Illuminati that were played by different right. people. and. Right. If they were to bring Fantastic Four in, if they were to bring X-Men in, it would most likely be different actors. But that's understandable because it's the multiverse. So, Right. But I would love you know. to see Jonathan Kaczynski as Mr. Fantastic. I really would. I know. <laughs> I know. I've heard, though, so you know, in addition to the rumor that Henry Cavill will be um, – in the Kang dynasty, you know, or in the Kang films, there's also the rumor mm-hmm. that he could be Mr. Fantastic. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Very. Yeah. That's interesting. So I'd love him to be because a character me, yeah. of his own, to be honest with you. And just, I mean, yeah. bad or good, Henry Cavill is fantastic. And he, yeah. I'd love for him to be with Elizabeth Olsen, to be honest with you. So we'll see what happens. That would be an interesting pairing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a, it's, but yeah, I, I, and I was telling my kids, I said, I cannot imagine back in 2007, whenever the first Iron Man came out, um, yeah. 
them sitting down and plotting out these 22 movies because the consistent timeline thread was pulled all the way through. And yeah, it was. I can't imagine having the storyboarding up there, like how big this room is, to be able to storyboard this whole thing. Because I remember and reading about Chris Evans saying he was told, okay, if you're going to be Captain America, you have to commit to 12 years. Right. I mean, because this is who you're going to be for 12 years, um, yeah. not one movie at a time. So like we're saying, the consistency there, we all know, you know, who this character is going to be in this movie. Um, and now he's passed the torch to Sam, which is made sense, you know? Um, yes, Anthony Mackie's wonderful. Man, you know? I mean, Sam was yeah. a good man. He was a good soldier, but he was a good man. And that's why yeah. he's Captain America and not Bucky. Um, and I love Bucky, but he's just this, I love he's Bucky a tragic too. character. And he would never have accepted the shield. Anyway. No, he, he wouldn't have. He, w- he wasn't. He didn't think he no. was worthy, and, and he still doesn't. But I still would love no. to see Bucky in future movies, um, definitely. Yeah. But the one thing I found incredibly interesting, and you can't have a conversation about how Marvel started this whole, you know, huge uh, series of films without mentioning Robert Downey Jr., because he changed. Right. He flipped the script on it. I mean, the end yeah. of Iron Man, the very first movie when he is eating his cheeseburger, kind of sits down and goes, I am Iron Man. That was all yeah. ad-lib. And he yeah. flipped the script on superhero movies where he was supposed to be in hiding. And, um, yeah. and that ended up being the best thing, that Iron Man came out. He was, he was Iron Man and Tony Stark everyone knew it in the second movie and further. So I think that was brilliant. And, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was, he truly was Iron Man. There's been talk of recasting him in the multiverse, but to me, you just can't because he was that character. He lived and breathed that character and he knew Iron Man slash Tony Stark so well. And there were so many ad libs that uh, added to the movies that he did, you know, I remember reading yeah. the article that he was in the car with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but they weren't in costume. And, you know, at that point he, he opens the door and goes, okay, out, you know, <laughs> or Tom Holland <laughs> missed his mark and was sitting on the bed when Tony Stark is talking to him. He's like, scooch ever. This is my seat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, who else could do I that? That's, that's totally RDJ. I would, um, I would have been so devastated had his, for lack of a better word, demons had gotten him 20 years ago. I mean, truly, yeah. I mean, seeing him and his from, you know, uh, less than zero, you know, weird science and all these crazy bolts he had. And then he did Chaplin, which if you've not seen Chaplin with Robert Downey Jr., oh, it it's, is it's phenomenal amazing. to watch him. It, it truly yes. is. Um, you may not like Chaplin himself much after that, but um, you the way he played him was just brilliant. And then, yeah. he, of course, you, we see his downfall in real life, meaning Robert Downey Jr.'s. And then he, yeah. um, you know, turns around. And I know a lot of that had to do with the woman he met and now is married to. Um, and and it's, it's very interesting to see him happy. I like that yeah. he is. I like that for him. I, I like that he is but too. Right. And I also like that he's willing yeah. to help others as well. 
who are going through um, the same problems that he did. And um, that's just, that's wonderful to see because um, in this day and age, we need a little bit of kindness as well. So um, here's someone who's made a lot of money and who is greatly talented and he's also, you know, willing to help others, which is lovely. So, right. yeah. yeah. And so on that note, Johnny Be Good, which yes, he was in a movie called Johnny Be Good, and I'll, I'll we'll end it here um, with um, Anthony Michael Hall and Uma Thurman. Oh, yeah. I believe. Um, it was it was out when I was in college, and um, it wasn't a great movie, but it was what it was. And they filmed it part of it in New Braunfels, Texas, which is not too far from me. And, oh wow! Um, yes, one of the. Yeah, and they and they were there. You know, you stand around a lot when you're waiting to film your scene, and um, people had come out to see them film it. And a couple of guys was a friend of mine. They were out there um, talking, and you know, he was. They were signing autographs, and they said that Robert Downey Jr. talked to everybody and and signed autographs and everything. Well, about three weeks later, um, the friend was in San Francisco and was walking down the street, and Robert Downey Jr. walks by. And he almost, you know, the friend is like, okay, well, should I say something? He's like, that's crazy because, you know, it's been three weeks. He's met like 9,000 people since then. He's not going to remember me. Right. And he feels a tap on his shoulder. And he turns around and it's Robert Downey Jr. going, didn't, okay, hold on. Your name is, aren't you? You know, and it was like, and didn't Aww. he talk? And, well, I mean, he remembered everything. So that's fantastic. The, the, the quality person he is that I've read, you know, um, yeah, it, it just it's endearing, it's endearing and hopeful, like you're saying. So yeah, for sure. Lovely. That that is so maybe really nice. I should start a women women talking Marvel podcast because we could do this for a very long time. <laughs> I think so because I am such a Marvel fan. I would be down for that mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. So yes, yeah. I would. I would definitely love structure. to do that. Yeah, we could talk about story structure and characterization and foreshadowing and all those things they make us pay attention to in English class. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes, because I was listening to an author speak about um, Thor and how the mm-hmm. original Thor was a rom-com. And they mentioned a book and said that they got it from this book. And I'm like, nope, Thor came out earlier. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say it, but I'm thinking that going, Thor came out so many years earlier. Uh, it was actually yeah. not. But uh, but yes, we could definitely talk about it because there are so many impromptu moments, too, that make some of these movies what they are. And just yeah. bringing up Thor, because we'll end it on the Thor note, um, when he's <laughs> in the first movie and he's being so serious and it's before Ragnarok where Thor got a really good sense of humor, um, you've got Thor and he goes to hang up his hammer on the um, coat rack at Jane's house. Yes. And that was all Chris Hemsworth. And it was like, oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that they had fun with their characters. So, yes, I would definitely be down for that. In Endgame, um, when, you know, he's Fat Thor. Uh, Sorry if you've seen it, but it's been out like two, three years. So, But he's Fat Thor, and they're talking about Noob Master um, on, you know, playing on the gamers. Apparently, the rumor is that's the Apple guy from, um, um, let's see, Captain America Winter Soldier. Like, they're in the Apple store, and they're trying to get the, wherever oh. the location is. Of, and the guy keeps yes. asking if they need help, and they're like, no, we don't need your help. So, apparently, that's Aaron from the Apple store. It's Newsmaster that's harassing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But Love it. the whole universe, like. 
ro- you know, rotates back to itself. So I love that. So yeah, we'll, I'll I love it. it so. <laughs> and I also love that Ryan Reynolds free guy. It really, yeah. seriously. I really loved though that Deadpool did the uh the free guy promotion with Korg. And that was really funny. Yeah. Like, you know, I couldn't get a real yeah. Avenger. And then you see Free Guy and you notice that there are actually Avengers that have some cameos yeah. in there. And uh and my one of my favorites, Hugh Jackman. Um, and then you my kids loved it because they were like, Oh my gosh, that's an actual YouTuber and then you've got one yeah. scene where you've got the Avengers theme and the Star Wars theme and then you've got this dates me so much. Greatest American Hero, which was a TV show from I the eighties, the whole believe it or not song. And I'm like singing to yeah. it. My kids are like, You know this song? I'm like, Yes, I know this song. It may be how many years since I've heard it last, but I know every single word of that song. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, there yes. are a lot of movies Robert we can Cole talk about. Connie Selica. Yep. Connie Selica, oh, my gosh. Robert Cole. It's and, amazing. Um, was it William? I just had Kat. Yeah. Yes. Kat, yeah. So, yes. And it was fun to and, see, uh, like, Shazam. Shazam was kind of in that same vein, you know, and they yep. did such a brilliant job with Shazam. So that was a fun movie, too. Yes, it really so, is. And it's interesting to hear that apparently it was supposed to be a movie with um, with Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam and they were yeah. supposed to share the screen because I didn't get that from Shazam. So they did a really good job of covering that up because yeah. they had to have rewritten that. So that's very interesting. But yes, our love of they movies will keep us job. in podcasts forever. <laughs> forever. 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 Okay. That's it. So... For everybody who's been listening, I've been talking to Tracy Goodwin, uh, author, mom, HOA, Maven, and um, Marvel Brilliant. So, um, but she also has a book out now called With Neighbors Like This, and you can find it online. It is also, you can check out her Amazon webpage, BookBub. She's on Twitter. She's Instagram, Facebook group. And she's, you're going to have a book signing coming up here soon, yeah? Yes, or was we that are week? going to be in, well, it was, it, it's been a few weeks, but um, uh, starting with the second was my first one, but I am signing in San Antonio with uh, Terry Wilson and Katie Golding on the 25th okay. at Nowhere Bookstore in San Antonio, okay. uh, and that's going to be between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. Central Time, so that'll be really exciting. Okay. Well, now I know what I'm doing that, t- that day. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And if you want to have drinks afterwards or apps or whatever, because I will be staying the night. So, yay. So, yeah, I'm not driving back to Houston. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, no, not that late. Ah, I 10 is boring at that time, and it's just mindless. So, yeah. No, don't drive back. Yes. Um, all right, my dear. Well, we will talk to you soon. And everyone, go get Tracy's new book. And um, learn about Marvel and see if we actually do something with these Marvel ideas with us. So that's right. Stay tuned. You never because know. if you know anything you know. about my writing, there's always something about Marvel, about the Avengers. Always. There really is. All that's my right. contemporaries have that's right. do have references. So um, definitely, so you, and especially with neighbors like this. Then, yeah? yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yes, one of my favorite songs, "Holding Out for a Hero." So. Oh yeah, Bonnie Tyler. Oh, I love that one. But uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful day. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. This has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and on. (laughs) 
show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.